How's everybody? So, Casey and Caitlin are out this weekend, well-deserved vacation, I think soaking up sun in Florida somewhere. That's what they told me. I have no idea what they're doing. They probably try to just get off the grid sometimes. It's perfectly understandable. We're going to keep going in our, uh, our series. By the way, my name is Mark Royal. I'm one of the oldest folks here <laughs> and technically a shepherd. Um, but if you came to listen to Casey and if you traveled a long way to listen to Casey, I really do apologize for that. But we're going we're gonna to keep going in our sermon series on remembering. Um, we're about six weeks in, I think, now. And I'll give you, a, I'll start with a, a little review, um, pick us up a little bit. And then I'm not going to talk a long time this morning. So you've got that going for you. And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll move on. We'll have some communion time together at the end of our sermon time. So yeah, last, uh, about six weeks ago, Caitlin kicked it off, uh, just talking about the confidence and confirmation of God's actions in our lives and really just setting the stage of this is about remembering, remembering God from the very beginning and what we learn about God and our, our historical framework in terms of God. She talked about uh, God's actions in our lives, she shared a you know, just the personal meaningful afflictions that she could share as her testimony and talked about looking at God's markers in our lives along the way that are really faith builders. Uh, Casey talked about uh, the Israelites and then the, the cost of their fear, um, the cost of their, their fear and not really trusting in God and it really costing the Israelites a generation of people wandering in the desert because of that fear. And we learned of these three, three graces given by God, the grace of Torah, the law, the grace of the covenant, and the grace ultimately of salvation. And then we, uh, we reviewed the creation story, um, being reminded that we're made in God's image. He's the center of all things, and he blesses all indiscriminately. We talked about the Tower of Babel and looked at that story again, the, the unique nature of our God, not like other gods. Uh, the truth of his character, that he needs nothing from us but what we need everything from him. Uh, we looked at the story of Abram, Sarai, and Pharaoh in Egypt, the resilience of God's covenant, and God as initiator and sustainer, and our cost of giving up and letting go of trying to play God. We don't do that very well. And then last week, Renee Bertel shared uh, an overview of Judges and the story of Ruth, and I told you last week, she, okay. I told her in person last week, but I'll, I'll oh, you're here, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you in front of all these good folks, that was awesome last week, it was a great sermon, a great message, well delivered, and yeah, just in inspiring, I was a little overwhelmed. Um, your testimony about God working beneath the surface and what the, 
beneath the surface, beneath, beyond what we can see, his road for us versus the road we might choose for ourselves, with the fact that he's always working for us and with us. And I was, I was reminded, two things caught my attention in that sermon. One, it had been too long since I'd heard the story of Ruth. I had honestly not thought about the story of Ruth in a long time. And that's a shame because that is one powerful story. God's plan of taking an outsider, a Moabite woman, an enemy of Israel, and including her not just in the family of Israel, but in the genealogy of the Messiah. That's, that's, uh, that's impactful. But I was also reminded of God's provision and inclusion in that part of the story. But Renee ended with showing us that, that lineage, that um, genealogy that we get pieces of in the Old Testament, and the importance of remembering where we come from, our lineage, our heritage, our genealogy, our family tree. Um, I want to remind you of those verses, if we can pull those up real quick. I'm not going to read through them all. Genealogy verses in the scripture are really exciting, and, um, and I'm not going to butcher their names and, and shame them by discrediting them by butchering their names. But you get, um, let's see, yeah, keep... Keep going down until you get the, the next section of scripture there. Just a reminder, I'm not going to go through this, but I want, I want you visually to remember how we ended last week with this genealogy. Um, and just a reminder from scripture, the genealogical line from Abraham to King David. And I kind of... That kind of stuck with me, and I don't know why, but my mind stuck there. And then this past week, just thinking about pieces of Scripture that we could way too often just kind of buzz right past and, and think, okay, minutia, details that aren't really important. Um, and I think that's a big mistake. So I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. Um, genealogy family name and heritage was a big deal in the ancient world. We don't place as much emphasis on that in the Western world. Um, certainly nothing like um, the emphasis they, that they placed on it in, in the ancient world. It established your, your family line, your lineage, your, your heritage, it established and affirmed your identity, your place in society, your, authentic, your authenticity and belonging, and your value in the community and in the culture. And especially as a Jew, it traced you back to Father Abraham and confirmed you as an heir and recipient of the promises of the covenant. It was a big, big deal. And there are several sections of scripture throughout a few Old Testament books that remind us and give us snapshots of this genealogy from Abraham to David. This record of family lineage, it becomes even more important, and go to that 
that uh, book, uh, the scriptures in Matthew, it becomes even more important in the New Testament as the New Testament gospel authors, especially in this case, Matthew. This is Matthew chapter 1, 1 through 17. This is the first chapter of the first book in the first, the first gospel of the New Testament. And he starts with the genealogy from Abraham. He knew, Matthew knew his audience. He knew the Jewish audience. And he's making a historical point of fact to his Jewish audience that this Jesus of Nazareth can be directly traced back to Abraham. Fulfilling the prophecy of the true Messiah. And without going through this line by line, 42 generations, including four Gentile mothers and Ruth being one of them. So genealogy was a big deal. And it wasn't just important to the people of God. It was important to God that the writers of the scriptures reminded the people of who they were, where they came from, and that he was guiding the direction of history to a very personal outcome, his promised Messiah. And we're again reminded of the generational faithfulness of God. So scripture that you could easily just scan by and not worry about names can't pronounce. You could jump past this very powerful message of how important the bloodline um, that God initiated is and has been through the history of his people and ultimately to us today through Christ. Anybody watched a fan or even watched this Finding Your Roots PBS? <laughs> Finding Your Roots. Ken, Ken, you don't have to have white hair to watch PBS. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? Finding Your Roots PBS, Henry Louis Gates Jr. Oh, Lordy. Okay. I'm actually going to stick with my topic. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool um, kind of documentary uh, on PBS where Henry Louis Gates Jr. Um, takes several famous people. He researches family trees. Could be actors, athletes, authors, comedians, mu musicians, politicians. Too many to name, but, but famous people for some reason, right, in, in our world. He has two or three guests an episode, and he takes them back in time individually, and he retraces their family heritage and their family tree, their lineage back um, as far as historical records and DNA will let them go. It's, trust me, it's really cool. You get a lot of history. There's an always an unknown secret from the guests. They know some things about their history. Sometimes they can go back grandparents or great-grandparents, depends, depends on how tightly knit their, their family has been. You get a lot of good history, but there's all, always this unknown secret or mystery that they discover, and the guest is always just completely clueless and cl completely taken aback and completely surprised. And sometimes the, you know, the surprise is encouraging and it's validating, and it gives them, it, it gives them a sense of pride in their, in their family lineage and where they come from, right, finding your roots. 
sometimes um, it's sometimes it's hilarious. You find all kinds of weird stuff in people's history, and sometimes it's embarrassing. And then we probably could all share stories about our family history. Um, and sometimes it's heartbreaking, just going back in history and seeing things happen to family lines um, for for many different reasons. But ultimately, you get the. The, the guest gets the full story, the fullest story of where they come from and who they are as a human being. He even gives them, even uses this thing, and he calls it the book of life, which is pretty bold for Dr. Gates. But he gives it to him, and it's just the, it's the, the book, and it ends up with a big scroll of this, this family tree, and it's pretty impressive. And when they reveal the history of these family trees, almost, almost consistently 100% of the time there's always a story of a broken branch or a grafted branch in this family tree broken sometimes by a death or war or disease or famine or catastrophe of some kind or a branch on the family tree grafted in by some twist of fate or an unexpected turn of events or new relationships that seemingly came out of nowhere. So you always have you know, a broken branch in the family tree and a grafted branch in the family tree. You've got to look for it. You've got to watch a few episodes, and then really you're into it, so you look for it. But the revelation of family history in trees is, is very interesting. Some of you, I don't know, you may have genealogists in your family. You may have done the, you know, the whole DNA test thing to see you know, what part of the planet you come from. Researching that is interesting. It's interesting and entertaining. But I, wanna, I want you to switch your lenses for a minute. I want you to shift gears in your mind for a minute. I want you to think about your own family tree, but beyond your biological human genealogy. Think about your spiritual gene genealogy your spiritual family tree, your spiritual lineage, your spiritual family history. For some of us, our spiritual family tree may be very closely aligned and it may very closely mirror our biological family tree. We may be a product of generations of Christians and inherited a faith from our grandparents and our parents. For some of us, our spiritual and biological family trees may not match up or overlap at all. And maybe for a lot of us, it's a mix of the two. Some from our, you know, some of our heritage from a human family and some of it from a spiritual, a spiritual heritage from the bigger family of God, spiritual fathers and mothers, and spiritual sisters and brothers that God has sent our way, specifically to bring us in or keep us in his bloodline with his DNA, irrespective of biological family trees. And regardless of how your biological and spiritual family trees align, we all probably have some broken branches and some grafted I'll share a little spiritual family genealogy with you. 
Um, anytime I think about this concept, family tree, certainly, certainly thinking about God's action and providence uh, and any potential spiritual grafting into that tree in my, in my heritage, I think of my grandmother Lois, grandmommy. Uh, I didn't learn the full story until I was a young adult for good reasons, but back in the 50s, when my father was a teenager, his father had become an abusive alcoholic. He verbally, psychologically, and physically abused my grandmother, my father, and my father's three sisters to the extent that, as a last resort, she ultimately divorced him. This is the 1950s in Central Texas. And at that time, certainly in society and definitely in the buckle of the Bible belt, Divorce often brought automatic public shame, regardless of the reasons for it. And it's sad to say that even in the church, sometimes victims of divorce, again, regardless of the causes, could certainly be, at a minimum, devalued, or in some instances, completely shunned. This could have easily been an absolute derailer in my family tree. In fact, way too often, it is an absolute derailer in anyone's family tree, biological and spiritual. But my grandmother kept her faith. She did not blame God. She did not leave the church. She did not leave his people. She leaned into God and into his church, and the church became their restorative family, providing my dad with men who became his spiritual fathers, and ultimately with a new husband for my grandmother, one of the, one of the finest, kindest Christian men I've ever known. God was so faithful to her and to my family in response to her faith, it's overwhelming. A broken biological family tree branch received a new, much better spiritual branch, grafted in by God. And my grandmother went on to live a full and blessed life. And my father, who himself never knew the experience of a loving earthly father, went on to become one of the kindest, gentlest, loving fathers a son could ever have. Generations of my family have been and will be blessed, truly course-corrected, by God's grafting into our family tree. Praise God. That's about as long as my sermon is this morning. But I wanted you to think about your spiritual genealogy for at least a couple of weeks. One, to be confident that God has been working in your spiritual bloodline for generations and he's still at work. Two, to remember and honor and thank those spiritual family members that he has grafted into your spiritual family tree, your spiritual mothers, fathers, sisters, and brothers. Call them. Send them a note. Reach out to them. And thank God for them. Three, and this is looking forward, not looking in the past. To compel us to recommit, to prepare, 
and to pay the cost of carrying on God's family name in our future generations, both biological and spiritual. And just one, one quick final reminder. In Christ, we are not separated from the Father by 42 generations. We are first-generation sons and daughters of the Father. Jesus is quite literally, physically, and eternally our blood brother. And we share the DNA of the Holy Spirit. We look back to remember and we look forward to live and we thank God for his generational faith. Um, we're going to share communion together. Uh, if you're new, if you're a believer, 